0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We ask that you run the heavens and breathe upon us. Change our lives. Let your name And your name alone be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So today we are looking at the God of my valleys. The God of my valleys. Life is a mixture of highs and lows, life is a mixture of ups and downs. And if we don't understand that about life, when we experience our valleys, our challenges, we think something is wrong with us so we have people saying who have i offended and seeking to resolve their problems and eliminate all the valleys some repent of for sins that they've repented of over and over and over and over and over again because of confusion today you need to understand that that is how life is the only place where you will not have valleys when you will not have laws, when you will not have challenges, when there are no viruses, when there's no corona, when there's no job loss, when there's no uh, pandemic, is in heaven. Until then, we are more than conquerors here on earth. So today we are going to look at where is God in my valleys and discover the God of my valleys. About 2,900 years ago, there was a the king of Israel called Heah. Ahab was surrounded by 32 kings, 32 nations led by the king of Syria. They demanded all sorts from Ahab, like we learned on, uh, on our Wednesday evening service. Ahab had considered crazy things, but it got to a place when Ahab turned to God. And you see, God helped Ahab. Ahab defeated 32 nations, it was, it, was, it was a whitewash. Just one nation, Israel, surrounded by 32 nations and God delivered Israel and destroyed the enemies. A year after, these 32 kings called their advisors and they re-strategized. And the advisors said something very, very interesting. The, the, the advisors said that the God of Israel can only fight in the mountain is only a god of the mountains. Let's go to the valley. Let's go to the plains. And God responded. God will respond in your situation in the mighty name of Jesus. And God responded in 1st Kings 20:28. 20, god said, "Because the Syrians think that I am only the god of the hills and not that I am the god of the valleys." It was the god of the valleys. I am going to give you victory over this huge army. So everyone will know that I am the Lord. There are people that are saying to Christians, where is your God? Is your God only for the good time? This is the time for your God to show. God is going to answer them in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, I will show that I am the Lord. 32 nations against one nation. 32 nations had, they had over 250,000 soldiers. The nation of Israel had only about 7,000. Imagine surrounded. And yet, God brought the victory. Regardless of how we've been surrounded, even by the unseen enemy, as it's called, God will give us victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Because if you look at life, valleys are inevitable. That's the first thing you need to know. They're a part of life. Deuteronomy 11.11 11 says, The promised land you are about to enter is a land of hills and valleys. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait wait, wait, a minute. It is a promised land. It, it is right in the center of God's will. And the Bible says it is filled with hills and valleys. It is filled with great times and low times. You see, you can be at the center of God's will. You can be in God's promised land and you are going to experience mountaintops and valley low. Mountaintops and valley low. That's how life is. So it's either you are coming out of the valley or (laughs) you are in the midst of one right now or you are about to enter one is one of the three situations but regardless of what it is God is the God of the valleys He's not only the God of the mountains he is the God of the valleys and in first Peter 4 verse 12 one of God says in first Peter 4 12 that don't be surprised when you are tested by troubles and painful suffering as if it's something unusual happening to you. It's because you are human. It's because you are human. Everyone that is human will be tested. But God will strengthen you, I pray, in the name of Jesus. So, valleys are inevitable. Number two, valleys are impartial. They happen to everyone. Everyone goes through a valley situation. Valleys are impartial. When it's a global pandemic or a global challenge, everyone goes through it. But valleys are impartial. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, valleys are impartial. Psalm 34, verse 19. Beautiful. The Living Bible says, Psalm 34, verse 19, says, the good man, must say good man. is a good man. He's righteous. He has the righteousness of Christ Jesus. He says, the good man does not escape all troubles. He has them too. Wow. But the Lord, everyone say, but the Lord. But the Lord helps him in each and every one. That is the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. The believer, the Lord will help you. Everybody will have trouble, but you have God that will help you. So valleys are inevitable, valleys are impartial, and number three, valleys are unpredictable. They are unpredictable. In fact, that is what makes them trouble, really. They are unpredictable. You cannot plan, you cannot time. It. I mean, wouldn't it be good to sit down and say, okay, um, everything is going on well now? My prayer life, I'm good. Now I need some trouble. Would really it be good to, to, to schedule your trouble to when you think you are ready for them? But guess what? They come whether you are ready or not ready. Proverbs 27 verse 1 is clear. Proverbs 27 verse 1, it says, Don't ever brag about tomorrow. Don't ever brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring forth. Trouble, valleys, they are inevitable, they are impartial, they are unpredictable. Though unpredictable, because they are impartial and inevitable, values are guaranteed. They are guaranteed. So, there are four guaranteed values that we are going to talk about today. There are loads and loads of value situations in the Bible. But there are four we are going to look at today. And these four are guaranteed that we are going to look at today. The first... Is the Valley of Sidim. The Valley of Sidim. It was the Valley of Sidim. And you could read Genesis 14, 1 to 11. We have five kings fighting against four kings. The Battle of the Nine Kings. That's what it's called. Now, there was a place called Sidim. Which was where eventually Sodom and Gomorrah settled in. God sent hailstones to to wipe away that old city, and that city actually became the Dead Sea. Did you know that that the Dead Sea was actually the basin of the Dead Sea came about by the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah? So when we get to verse ten of Genesis fourteen, the Word of God says that this valley was full of sticky tar pit. They were sticky tar pits. And when they tried to run away, listen to this when they tried to run away from the battle, they slipped and fell in the pit. They slipped and fell when they tried to run away. So the valley of seeding is the valley of failure, it's the valley of falling. It's inevitable. Everyone will have to deal with the valley of failure. Everyone will have to deal with the valley of seeding. When you look at your life and you're like, gosh, how did I make this mistake? How did I get here? When we try to run from responsibility and you slip and you fall and you get stuck, everyone will have to deal with that. What is your seeding today? That's my question to you. What is your seeding? What are you running from? What are you running from? That you know you need to face. What are you running from? God has spoken to you. You know you need to take on that project. You know you need to do that assignment. But you are running from it. It's become your valley of ceiling. What's your dark, slippery, slimy tar? I have good news for you. It doesn't matter where you are. Running from and why you are running and why you have gotten stuck, Jesus can set you free, and Jesus will set you free in the name of Jesus. So the, the valley of sitting is a valley of embarrassment, is a valley of failures where you look like a fool. And I pray in the name of Jesus that He, the maker of heaven and the earth, will deliver you from the valley of seeding. It will deliver you from the valley of failure. It will deliver you from the valley of embarrassment in the name of Jesus. So we see that the first valley that we need God to help us out from, to protect us from, is the valley of sitting. The second valley is the valley of Eshkol. We see that in numbers 13, the valley of Eshkol. When God sent spies Israeli spies to go and spy the promised land 12 spies and the word of God says in verse 23 that then the spies came to the valley of Eshkor now this is so important and it doesn't matter who you are you you have to deal with this valley, your valley of Eshkor you may be tall you may be short, you may be plump you may be skinny, you may be white you may be black, you may be brown, you may be grey you have to deal with the Valley of Eshkot. It says, the fruit was so abundant that they cut off the grape branch, which had a giant cluster of grapes on it, but it was so large and heavy that it took two men to carry it back on a pole between them. So, they got there, the Valley of Eshkor. By the time we get to verse 33, it says, they said in giving their own testimony that, Yes, the place was good. Yes, God's promises was as he said. He says, but there are giants in the land. And in our own eyes, we fell as small as grasshoppers next to them. So the valley of Eshkor is the valley of fear. It's the valley of intimidation. It's is, is the valley of inferiority complex. Are you afraid today? Do you feel inferior? My friend, you're in the valley. Of Eshkol, and Jesus will deliver you say amen he will deliver you so I have to move forward or I have to give up are you going to go in and take what is rightfully yours or are you gonna back off and let fear have the best of you or take up the better of you are you gonna back off in doubt or are you gonna step forward And take what is rightfully yours. I don't care who you are. If you are listening to this right now, you are afraid of taking a step forward in your life. You're in the Valley of Eshcol. And you know, life they say is not a bed of roses. (laughs) You know, that's what they say. But the truth is, life is actually a bed of roses. You know, if you fall on a bed of roses, you will know that roses are not only beautiful, they have thorns. And many times, because of the thorns, we don't want to take the step. Because of the challenges, we are afraid of taking the step. I mean, my wife and I have been pastoring for 15 years. It was 15 years on Friday, the 8th of uh, May that we've been pastoring, you know, and it's I mean it's it's just totally 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 awesome and in that 15 years I was thinking back there have been I've, I've had a lot of what they call the Valley of Eshkor where there's a promised land and there are giants in the land and, and We are supposed to be afraid But every single time we believed God and every single time we conquered God is saying to you, trust me, I will bring you out of this valley of Eshkol. Because you've known for a long time that God wants you to take it. You've known, God has told you, your friends have told you. It's time to trust God. It's time. And those that didn't, they never entered the promised land. Why? Because they failed the test. Of Eshkor, you will not fail the test of Eshkor in the name of Jesus. The valley of Eshkor. That's number two. So the first valley is the valley of Sidim, then the valley of Eshkor. And number three, we have the valley of Ella. Now, this is a very interesting valley, and uh, it's a very popular one. You know the story, but I'm not sure you don't know that it's the valley of Ella that it happened. Um, but it's the valley of Ella. First Samuel 17. From 1 to 58. Beautiful, beautiful story. Read it after the service. But verse 3, for Samuel 17, it says, The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites occupied another hill. And in between them was the valley of Elah. And the valley of Elah was in between them. So what's the valley of Elah? The valley of Elah is the valley of conflict. Is the valley of conflict is when you are facing a giant challenge so the giant comes down goliath comes down consistently to taunt the people of israel to taunt god's people and you may be watching today and the, you have giant situations that are in your face today that are, that are challenging you challenging your god they will all fall in the mighty name of Jesus. Ella is the valley of conflict. What is your Ella right now? Your valley of Ella even right now? What's your valley of conflict even right now? In verse 3 that we read in 1st Samuel 17 it says the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another and the valley of Ella was between them. And some of you, that describes your marriage right now. You are on one hill, your spouse is on another hill, and there's a valley of conflict in between you. I am praying in the name of Jesus that God himself will step in. As God, through David, stepped in and took down the Goliath in the valley of Elah, God will step in, empower you, and drown and knock down that Goliath in the Valley of Elah in the mighty name of Jesus. So that's number three, the Valley of Elah. Number four, there are inevitable, guaranteed valleys that everybody has to deal with. Everybody has to deal with. Number four is the Valley of Baca. The Valley of Baca. You know, we see that in Psalm um, 84 verses 5. To seven. But if you read from verse five to six a, it says, "Blessed are those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, as they pass through the valley of. Baca, as they pass through the valley of Baca. Baca means in Hebrew, um, weeping, to weep. That's what Baca means, to weep." So the valley of Baca is the valley of, of weeping. The valley of Baca was a desert. It was actually a physical valley. It was a desert place. It was so dry, dusty, arid, wasteland. And people that were coming from a particular part of um, the country, the other countries, for them to get to Jerusalem on pilgrimage, they need to come through the valley of Baca. Now, they need to come through the valley of weeping because it is a challenging place to pass through. But because they were seeking God, because they've come to seek God, they have to pass through it inevitably. So so many times, because we are seeking God, we pass through some tears. Because we are seeking God, some challenges come your way. That's the truth. Baca is the valley of grief. And barrenness. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For everyone passing through the valley of Baca, the valley of grief and barrenness, that God will bring joy into your life, that God will bring fruitfulness into your life in the mighty name of Jesus. That the, the, the valley of Baca will become a fruitful place. We will we, we, we'll usher you into a fruitful place. We we'll usher you into the presence of the Most High God. For those Whose strength comes from the Lord? Who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, to the city, to to Zion, to the city of the Most High God? So in the valley of Baca, the the valley of weeping, nothing grows there. Nothing is productive. There is no fruit, just tears. The world right now is passing through some sort of Baca. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of weeping in homes. Had all sorts of you know stories of people that have lost people. I mean, a whole family wiped out. You know, while we pray for everyone listening and watching that God will protect you. The challenge is a global challenge. There are people that are losing their jobs. There are people that have marriages under pressure. You know. A lot of domestic abuse, all sorts of crazy things that are going on. The world is going through a valley of Baca right now. There's grieving, it's dry, things are drying up, there's a lot of weeping, loss. And it should bring us to a place where we weep. Even if you think you've not lost anyone and you will not in Jesus' name. Even if you've not lost your source of income, I pray you will not in Jesus' name. Even if your finances is not under pressure, I pray it will not be. But our hearts should go out and we should actually weep and pray for our brothers. Regardless of their faith. For every human being that is going through a challenging situation, our hearts should rend. Our hearts should cry and, and you know a, a, a story of um william boots william boots is the, is the man that started salvation army they sent missionaries to They started in the uk they sent missionaries to the us and the missionaries sent a message back to william Booth and said we have fasted we have prayed we have brought comedians to church we have brought uh, entertainers Nobody, people are not coming to God. People, are not, These people don't want God. And William Booth sent a telegram message. Two words. He said, try weeping. And as the story goes, as they wept for the cities, God turned the hearts of the people to God. God's people have a duty to go through the valley of Vaca. So that we can usher people into Zion. So that we can usher people into God's presence. So that we can usher people right into Zion. Because I'll show you the kind of people that God wants you to be. That God wants me to be. That God wants us to be. Even as we experience the value of Baca in verse 6a of Psalm 84. The word of God says, as they pass, they are passing. This pandemic is going to come to an end. In the name of Jesus, we are passing. As they pass through the valley of Baca, weeping, they make it a place of springs. Hallelujah. As they pass through the desert of of, of barrenness, of of, of drought, of dryness, they make it a a place of springs, a place of well-watered garden. That is who we are. Water comes when we show up. Water comes. Springs come to desert. Desert becomes rivers of living water when we show up. Psalm 84, 6-7 to 7, It says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Now, listen. They go from strength to strength. Hallelujah. They go from strength to strength till they appear in zion before god till they appear before god in zion so god is saying you are going to go through valleys there are different kind of valleys you're going to go through these guaranteed ones and you are supposed to go and we will in the name of jesus go from strength to strength to strength until we show up before god valleys and difficulties are supposed to make us mature and grow stronger Supposed to build our character because one day you're going to stand before God. God is going to say, I don't care about your clothes, I don't care about your cars, I don't care about your career, I don't care about your cash. All I care about is your character. God is going to ask you, Did you grow? Did you grow from strength to strength when there was coronavirus on earth? That period, did you grow? You are going to answer that before God. It's in the Bible. As we go through Baka, we turn it to a place of overflowing waters in the name of Jesus. In the inevitable valleys of life, you need to remember, like God's saying from, from the beginning of, of this period, that we need to remember, keep remembering who God is. We need to remember that there is a reward that will last forever. The reward of even these tough times will last forever. I'll show you in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. It's pretty clear. It says, our present troubles are quite small. They won't last very long. Coronavirus will not last very long in the name of Jesus. Yet, they are producing in us an eternal glory that will last forever. And is greater than anything we can imagine. They work for us an eternal weight of glory. Awesome. So we need to remember that the reward will last forever. We need to remember that God has a good plan, a good purpose, even for the valley. God has a good plan. The valley is tough. It's a tough place to be. But God has a good plan, even for the valley. Romans 2-5, 3. Romans 5, 3-5 says that we can even rejoice in suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, there you go, character produces hope, and that kind of hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured his love into our hearts. I like the way Isaiah puts it in Isaiah 2, verse 15. It says, I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope in the name of jesus christ of nazareth god will transform every valley of trouble in your life into a gateway of hope in the mighty name of jesus everything that represents a valley of trouble god will transform into a gateway of hope in the mighty name of jesus and we should also remember that Regardless of the valley we go through, that we are never alone. Remember that I am not alone. I am not alone. I am not alone. That's beautiful. I am not alone. Psalm 23 verse, this verse 4, it says, Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Shadow of death. Shadows, at shadows. Shadows are dark. Shadows are scary, you know. Shadows tend to stick around, you know, if you check. But shadows also appear sometimes larger than the objects, they are larger than the real thing. Hmm? Number five, shadows can't hurt anybody. We've all seen the shadows of a big truck, a big car, right? And if you're standing at the bus stop, the shadows of, of, of those trucks can, can go off on your body. Did it hurt? Shadows can't hurt any body. It can't. But above all, above all, a shadow is evidence that there is light. Shadow is evidence that there is light. So, if, you, if there is a shadow, it means that there is a source of light. There cannot be a shadow without a source of light. Hallelujah. So, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, it means there is a source of light. So, how do you deal with shadows? How do you deal with shadows? You deal with, with, with shadows by backing the shadow... And facing the lights. Hallelujah. You back the shadow. And you face the light. That's how you eradicate and eliminate the influence and the strength of shadows in your life. Back the shadows. Back the things that make the problem look bigger than it is. Sometimes we need to shut down on the news channels. We need to back all the fake social media things that are going around and confusing people. Back the shadow. And face the light and jesus says i am the light of the world jesus is the light of the world so back the shadow and face jesus so until we get to heaven there will be valleys everyone believer unbeliever will have to experience valleys but what is the difference what's the difference the text we read many are the afflictions of the righteous But the Lord delivers him from them all. The righteous man, God delivers him. Psalm 73, verse 28 says, As for me, this is a huge difference. As for me, God's presence is all I need. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. As for me and my house, as for you and everyone in God's presence, everyone watching us and joining us right now, God's presence is all you need. And God will be your shelter. That's all you need. There's a major valley that everyone has to go through. In Joel 3.14, it says multitudes, Joel 3.14, yes, multitudes are in the valley of decision. There's a valley of decision that everybody has to go through. For the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision. You are not watching us and joining us by accident. No, you are not. Before you were born, before your mother met your father, God already ordained that you'll be listening to me today. God has a plan for you. And you are in the valley of decision. And the decision is, are you going to accept Christ or not? Are you going to accept Jesus? Are you going to come under that shelter of protection or not? This is your moment of decision. This is your valley of decision. God's presence is all I need. Are you going to take that step and say, God's presence is all I need? Pastor, pray with me. Let's buy our hearts. Wherever you are, if you're alone, I want you to buy your head if you will. if it's okay, you can can stare at me. But you are saying today, Pastor, I want to make this decision. I want to make the Lord my refuge. I want to make the most high my habitation. Today, I'm going to count three. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. And I'll pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise it. Wherever you are, there's no no one is looking looking at you. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Raise your hand. If you are with people, it's fine. They should mind their business. Raise your hand. It is you and God. They're saying, Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I want to pray with you wherever you are. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrounding to you. We ask that you breathe upon these ones. Change their lives, my Father. Let your name be glorified. pray for everyone that has heard your word, that your word will bear fruit in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.